What's up? It's Josh Sokogi, and this is your radio home for Timberwolves basketball. Timberwolves basketball on the station you can count on, KDLM. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. This is the KDLM Sports Trap. Happy Monday, everybody! Well, it's a great Monday, unless, of course, you're a, a Vikings fan or a Gopher football fan, or you had Matthew Stafford on your fantasy team last night. It was a rough one for uh, for college and football, college and pro football. NDSU getting blown out in the Dakota Marker game by South Dakota State. Was a rough one. We're going to recap all of it here on the KDLM Sports Wrap. We'll also get an update on State Cross Country. Staples Motley, the champion of Class A girls. Purim taking second place with both boys and girls team-wise. Jacob McCleary had him on the Sports Wrap a couple weeks ago. The state champion in Class A in the boys race. We'll get an update on the brackets for high school state volleyball, for high school state football. A number of area teams uh, making it to state for both football and volleyball, including the Holly Nuggets, the section champions in 8-2A for volleyball, going down to state for the very first time. Sweeping Thief Ever Falls in the championship game on Saturday. One of many things we'll talk about in the first half of the wrap here. We'll get to some Vikings. We'll get to some Gophers. Second half of the wrap, we're going to talk to Zeke Boyat from Sound the Foghorn podcast to talk about this this amazing run of comebacks that the Minnesota Wild have been on. They trailed uh, against the Ottawa Senators last Tuesday, won that one. They trailed by two goals with three minutes left against Pittsburgh on Saturday. They won that one. They trailed yesterday to Zach Parise and the New York Islanders, and they win that one. We'll talk to Zeke Boyat from the Sound the Foghorn podcast coming up in the second half of the wrap here on KDLM. But first, let's get to some high school sports. Rewind time. Starting with volleyball this morning on the KDLM Sports Wrap, a handful of section championship games on Friday. Starting with Breckenridge and Belgrade Bruton El Rosa and the Breckenridge Cowgirls heading to state. They beat uh, Belgrade Bruton El Rosa in five sets, three to two. The Holly Nuggets sweep Thief River Falls in their section championship game on Saturday. The Holly Nuggets heading to the state tournament in volleyball for the first time ever. Sock Rapids Rice, they are the champions of 8-3A. They beat Alexandria, the two seed over the one seed. 3-1, to one, and Sox Center survives Pequot Lakes uh, to win that section. Uh, that one goes to five sets. So here is what the uh, the bracket looks like for state volleyball. In Class A, the field of eight, top-seeded Mayor Lutheran, two-seed is Minneota, three-seed is Legacy Christian Academy, Bethlehem Academy is the four-seed, the Breckenridge Cowgirls at 29-2 uh, and two overall. They are the five-seed 
in the Class A tournament. BGMR, Walker Hackensack, Akeley, and Southridge, your unseeded teams. In Class 2A, top seed is Southwest Christian, followed by two-seed Cannon Falls, Sox Center, the Main Streeters, the three-seed in Class 2A, Jackson County Central, the four, Annandale, the five, Greenway, Holly will be the seventh seed at 27-5 and five overall, and Mounds Park Academy, 26-4, and four, the eighth seed in Class 2A. Class 3A, Marshall, the top seed. Number two seed is Casson Manorville. New Prague, the three seed. Monticello, followed by Grand Rapids, St. Paul Highland Park, Chisago Lakes area, and Sock Rapids Rice. An overall record of 13-16, and 16, the only sub-500 team in the state tournament. And they get the top seed, Marshall, who is 30-2, Overall, in Class 4A, Wyzetta, Eden Prairie, Eastridge, Lakeville North, Rogers, Forest Lake, Bloomington Jefferson, and Roseville, the eight teams competing in the Class 8-4A championship. Holly will play this Thursday night at the Excel Energy Center. You can hear that game on our sister station at 102.3 KRCQ. It was section championship Friday in high school football as well. Some scores from last Friday, if you missed them, of course, uh, the, Detroit, the Detroit Lakes Lakers falling to the Becker Bulldogs. Final score, 35-15. to 15. Laker football season ends in Alexandria once again, this time to the Becker Bulldogs. Lakers finish the regular season 6-4, and 1-1 one and one in the section. Other area scores, Wheaton Herman Norcross over Verndale in the section four nine-man championship game, 14-12. West Central Area Ashby beats Osakis for the second time this year. They win 19-14. They are headed to state. New York Mills heads to state for the first time since 2007 with a 32-0 shutout over Breckenridge. And Alexandria, the four seed, stunning Bemidji. Last week, they upset the number one seed, Moorhead Spuds. This last week, scoring 22 points in the fourth quarter to upend the Lumberjacks. The Alexandria Cardinals heading to state. Final score, 43 to 35, Alexandria over Bemidji. Barnesville, they're heading to state as well. They beat Pelican Rapids 36 to 16. So looking at the brackets for the state high school football tournament starting in nine-man football, Kitson County Central. They'll take on Ogilvy on Thursday. That game is at Moorhead High School. Wheaton Herman Norcross gets Leroy Ostrander, Mountain Iron Buell versus Fertile Beltrami. That game is at Grand Rapids High School on Thursday at 6 o'clock. And Hills Beaver Creek versus Renville County West. The Minoan Wabin Thunderbirds, the champions of Section 8A, now in Class A football. They'll take on the winners of Section 5 in Minneota. Belgrade Bruno Rosa gets Rushford Peterson. Deer River versus New York Mills. That game is in Brainerd on Thursday at 7 o'clock. It will be broadcast on our sister station, Lakes 99.5. And then the champions of Section 3, Murray County Central, will get uh, Mayor Lutheran on Thursday as well. Now to Class 2A, the Barnesville Trojans are the champions of Class 8-2A. They get Eaton Valley Watkins in Alexandria on Thursday night. Minneapolis North Community, they get Chatfield, Moose Lake Willow River versus West Central Area Ashby. That game is in Brainerd on Thursday at 7 o'clock. You got Pipestone and Maple River in Hastings on Thursday night as well. The champions of Section 8-3A, the Dilworth Glennon Felton Rebels, they'll travel to Buffalo High School on Saturday to face Annandale. That game is at 2 o'clock. Breck School versus Plainview Elgin Millville, Esco versus New London Spicer, and Fairmont versus Dassel Cocado, the matchups in the Class 3A football tournament. Class 4A, the Becker Bulldogs. They get Academy of Holy Angels. That game is in Monticello on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Fridley versus Cassin Manorville, Grand Rapids versus Orono, and Simley versus Hutchinson. 
in Class 5A, Alexandria. Stunning. Both Moorhead and Bemidji to get to state. They're the champions of 8-5A. They get Robbinsdale Cooper in Osseo on Saturday. Matamidi versus Rochester Mayo. Andover versus Rogers. And St. Thomas Academy versus Mankato West. From state cross country at St. Olaf on Saturday, starting with the Class A boys, senior from Purim, Jacob McCleary, became Purim's first individual state champ since 2013 as the Yellow Jackets take second place as a team in the Class A state cross country meet on Saturday. McCleary won the boys' race with a time of 16.09. West Central area placing two runners in the top 10, Cade Runge finishing fifth and Alex Solwasser finishing seventh. Isaiah Tabbitt of Staples Motley finished ninth overall with a time of 16.49. The Purim boys just missed a four-peat at state, finishing runner-up to Nova Classical Academy of St. Paul. They edge out Purim final score 122-128. to Staples Motley as a team finishing in fifth place with 191. Park Rapids in sixth place with a one. 94. A couple individual times verse, uh, worth noting. Charlie Larson of Pelican Rapids uh, competing as an individual runner. He finishes 11th overall, 1650. Nathan Johansson of Frazee, he finishes 20th. Eighth grader Brady Rock from Bertha Hewitt finishes 49th. Taylor Johnson of Lake Park Ottoman, 58th. James Succi of Parker's Prairie finishes 61st. And a couple individual runners from Wadena Deer Creek. Bjorn Brunsberg finishes 90th overall. And his teammate Lane Hofs finishes right behind him with a 91st place finish. On the girls' side in state cross country, the Staples Motley Cardinals, champions in Class A with a final score of 103 points, edging out Purim for the state championship. Purim losing by only six points. They put up a 109. Laverne is third with a score of 117. The Holly Nuggets, fourth place at state in their second-ever state appearance. They finish with a score of 161 Cardinals of Stables Motley, led by sophomore Kiana Burton, who had a fourth-place finish. Junior Athlete Robinson finished 10th, and eighth-grader Andre Bronnell finished 13th place. Staples Motley wins their first championship since 2003. Eighth-grader Gracie Morris was the first Yellow Jacket across the line on Saturday. She finished eighth in her first-ever cross-country meet with a time of 1917.65. The race was run by Murray County Junior Amanda Overgau with a time of 18.09. Other local individual results in Class A Girls State Cross Country. Jade Ripcom of Nevis, she finishes fifth overall. Caroline Keene of Long Prairie finishes seventh. We've got uh, Paula Heidi of Holly, the first Nugget runner in. She finishes 18th with a time of 19.55. Ellen Shower of Lake Park Ottoman running individually. She finishes 34th overall. Angeli Ajo of UNC finishes 45th. Amber Collins of Wadena Deer Creek, 55th. Lexi Bright, West Central Area, has a 59th place finish. Morgan Copeland of Park Rapids finishes 84th. And 7th grader. Kendra Miller from Bertha Hewitt. Talk about Brady Rock, 8th grader. Kendra, a 7th grader from Bertha. She finishes 101st overall with a time of 21 minutes and 59 seconds. Two. It's going to be a 36-yard try left hash. Nick Moore snaps. Veteran punter Sam Cook holds. Justin Tucker has 17 game-winning field goals. Snap spot. Tucker. As reliable as the sun. Final score, 34-31 Ravens. The Vikings had a 14-point lead yesterday in Baltimore, but doing what the Vikings seem to do, coughing up big leads and lose in overtime. This time to the Baltimore Ravens, 34-31. 
Vikings allowed a field goal on their opening drive and then had some huge plays opening up the offense for really the first time this season, including this huge play to J.J., the Jet, Justin Jefferson. Third and seven for the Minnesota Vikings, trailing 3-0. Kirk out of the shotgun, facing a four-man rush. It's a deep shot. J.J.'s there, and J.J. scores! Yes, he does! Cousins, Jefferson, touchdown! 6-3, Minnesota. 50-yard bomb, Jefferson, to put the Vikings on top. And the next possession, Dalvin Cook, a 66-yard run, gets the Vikings to the goal line after a failed fourth down conversion was nullified by a pass interference penalty. Cousins runs the ball in to give the Vikings a 14-7 lead. The defense uh, a little bit shorthanded yesterday against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, being announced that Harrison Smith has been placed in COVID-19 protocols. So Cameron Bynum getting the start and coming through the pick of Murray had the Vikings on the verge of taking full control of this game. But the Vikings had to settle for a field goal, gives them that 14-point lead we were talking about, and the door left open just enough. The Ravens using a pass interference penalty to set up a touchdown pass from Jackson to Devontae Freeman, cuts the lead to 17-10 to right before halftime. Opening of the second half, starting with fireworks with a guy who, in my opinion, needs to get the ball in his hands a lot more. Home. Tucker, short, Wongu from the 2 to the 5 to the 10 to the 15 to the 20. Angles to the right to the 30. Now he outsprints Tucker, and Kane Wongu is gone! A 98-yard kick return by rookie Kane Wongu, and like a shot... The Vikings lead 23-10. 98-yard touchdown return from Kinang Ongwu, 24-10 at that point. But the Ravens not done. Touchdown pass, Jackson to Patrick Ricard. But again, Jackson, touchdown pass to Devin Duvernay with 3.29 left in the fourth quarter. Vikings offense on life support. At this time, Ravens drive down the field again, take the lead, one-yard touchdown by Le'Veon Bell. Vikings trail 24-31 to after leading the game 17-3. to Kirk Cousins takes the Vikings on a huge drive, tying the game. Big play, 40-yard pickup by C.J. Hamm, the longest reception of his career. After converting on 4th and 6th inside the Ravens' 10, Cousins, Thielen, game-tying touchdown with a minute and three seconds to go. Game goes into overtime, and things looking pretty well for the Vikings after this huge defensive play by Anthony Barr. Jackson, play action. Ball's tipped at the line. Intercepted by the Vikings. It was tipped at the line of scrimmage. And coming down with it was Nick Vigil. No, Anthony Barr. Let's go. Anthony Barr, I believe, tipped it. And I know he came down with it. And the Vikings have turned over the Baltimore Ravens. That's exactly what happens at the 40-yard line. Vikings had a chance to win it. Couldn't capitalize. Ravens marched down the field. The steady ground attack. And Justin Tucker doing what Justin Tucker does. 36-yard field goal to win the game. Vikings fall to 3-5 and five with the loss. Another tough test next week. Heading to Los Angeles to face the 5-3 and three L.A. Chargers. Three. Couple college scores to get to from football from over the weekend. The Gopher football team ranked number 20th in the country. Well, not anymore after losing to the Fighting Illini at home, 14 to six. Tanner Morgan looking uh, looking rough in this one. Rushing attack held to 89 yards. It was up to Tanner Morgan to keep the offense going and uh, 
and Tanner Morgan doesn't answer the bell as the Gophers lose in this one. It wasn't long ago that Tanner Morgan was uh, was regarded by many as a top NFL quarterback prospect. 2019, through a school record 30 touchdowns. That year, only Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance had a better passer efficiency rating than Tanner Morgan did. Burrow, high, uh, Hurts, Fields, and Lance all now in the NFL. Now, you can argue on this, on behalf of Tanner Morgan that he did lose two huge targets. Uh, NFL receivers Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. But Morgan, a, a, an unexplainable loss to the Illini. Not as bad as what Bowling Green was, but Gophers will fall out of the top 25 and now find themselves in a four-way tie atop the Big Ten West standings. Gophers, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue. Purdue has knocked off two top 10 teams in the last two weeks. They take care of Michigan State over the weekend. So now Gophers, instead of controlling their own destiny, uh, they need to a little bit of help. They need to win out. They get Iowa this week in Iowa City, then Indiana, then a potential Big Ten West championship game at Huntington Bank Stadium November 27th against the Wisconsin Badgers. NDSU also uh, in the loss column this week. Their first loss of the season as they lose the marker game to South Dakota State 27-19. The Jacks improved to 7-2. The Bison now fall to 8-1. Cam Miller getting the start for the Bison in this one. 15-23, 218 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. 82 of those passing yards go to Christian Watson. Cam Miller, also the leading rusher for the Bison on Saturday in Brookings. 13 carries, 59 yards. Second half of the sports wrap, we're talking puck with Zeke Boyat. Double Zeke Monday here on KDLM. He works with uh, the Sound the Foghorn podcast, and we'll talk about the Wilds' ability to come back late when they're down. Did it against Ottawa a week ago. Did it on Saturday in miraculous fashion against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and did it again last night with Zach Parise and the New York Islanders in town. Talking to Zeke Boyat, Sound the Foghorn podcast, next on KDLM. I'm Chris Rose with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It was a Sunday filled with surprises. The Titans took care of the Rams 28-16. Matthew Stafford threw two picks and was sacked five times. The Bills were upset by the Jags 9-6. Josh Allen, the quarterback, was sacked and picked off by Josh Allen, the linebacker. The Cowboys couldn't handle the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater hit Tim Patrick with a 44-yard score in a 30-16 win. The Raiders fell to the Giants 23-16. Derek Carr threw two interceptions to Xavier McKinney. Next up for the Raiders is a meeting with the Chiefs on Sunday night. The Bengals lost to the Browns thanks to 137 yards on the ground by Nick Chubb and two TD passes from Baker Mayfield. Browns win it 41-16. The Falcons kicked a last-second field goal to beat the Saints 27-25. Matt Ryan threw for 345 yards and a pair of scores. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit beefy, or even with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Affordable term life insurance is out there. Call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-481-1458. 800-481-1458 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Gentlemen. 
Now you can find the best brands and fits for you without even trying. Just follow these easy instructions. Step one, shop a personalized store that does all the work for you by customizing a selection for your taste and body. Step two, level up your closet with the best brands and fits with little to no effort. Not trying has never looked so good. Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle, your personalized store. We're so you. Lakeland Mental Health knows people are quick to treat physical ailments. But what about mental health? When's it time to take that first step towards feeling better mentally? When our thoughts interfere with daily tasks, problems eating or sleeping, substance abuse, it might be time to talk to somebody. Lakeland Mental Health is here to help. To learn more about services or to take a free confidential screening, visit lmhc.org. With locations in Alexandria, Detroit Lakes, Fergus Falls, Glenwood, Moorhead, and now a new satellite office in Parker's Prairie. Lakeland Mental Health Center is here to help today for a better tomorrow. Sunnyside Care Center in Lake Park offers a variety of services. They make the admission process easy by assisting you with all of the dreaded paperwork and address all of your needs and concerns. There's a wide range of nursing and medical services provided, like a skilled nursing staff, post-acute care, memory care, and inpatient and outpatient therapy, and adult daycare services. Life's a little bigger in a small community on the sunny side of Boyer Lake in Lake Park. Sunnyside Care, part of Ecumen's family of senior services. If you're considering something new, then attend the job fair Friday, November 12th from 9 to 5 at the West Central Turkey Plant in Pelican Rapids. You get immediate interviews. There's so many reasons to work in this spotless facility, like new increased starting wage of $18 per hour plus premiums, $2,000 sign-on bonus, Inspired Pathways, a program offering two-year paid college tuition for any of your dependents. There's paid time off and more. See all they have to offer at West Central Turkey's North Broadway Pelican Rapids, Friday, November 12th from 9 to 5. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, KDLM. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team was beaten at home on Saturday 14-6 by Illinois. We'll hear from head coach P.J. Fleck when we come back. It can happen fast. The game changes, and you need a new strategy. It's like your original insurance policy. It worked fine at the start, but now that you've bought a home, added a car, or expanded your business, you can't keep running the same old play. You need Western National Insurance for coverage that fits your growing needs. Western National, Minnesota's source for great-fitting auto, home, and business protection since 1901. Ask your independent agent today for Western National and go Gophers. Get that great fit feeling, Western National Insurance. The Gophers stubbed their toe against the Fighting Illini at home at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday. Head coach P.J. Fleck explains. First of all, you got to give Illinois a lot of credit. They came in here and beat us and almost at our own game. They didn't have any takeaways. We had we had two. There had any turnovers. We had two takeaways. I think that's the story of the game. Um, we throw an interception, a tipped interception on the first p- possession. They get a short field goal score. We're down 14 to nothing before we know it, which is not our style of football. Uh, we drive the ball down the field multiple times. Then we either get a penalty, we miss a field goal. You know, we just couldn't 
we'd start things, start things, and then we just couldn't finish. And it was, um, it was like that all day. And we weren't able to execute enough. And um, they were able to get enough yards to be able to flip the field where you're always having a long field. We rarely got a short field, didn't get any takeaways. So it was one of those, and, and two teams that are really playing uh, very similar style football. The game's going to go real short, uh, not a ton of plays, and you've got to be able to be efficient and effective on your plays. And, and we weren't able to do that. Uh, way too many uh, errors. The 6-3 and three Gophers are 4-2 and two in the Big Ten, still atop the Big Ten West standings tied with several others. They'll visit Iowa this Saturday. The Hawkeyes are also 4-2 and two in the Big Ten and 7-2 and two overall. For more info on Golden Gopher football, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Now is the time to put in your Christmas orders at Creamy Creations. Think cheesecake bites, caramels, popcorn, roasted almonds, cookies, pies, bars, and more. All made from scratch. Creamy Creations is the perfect gift for clients, employees, family, and friends. And they can do your Christmas baking for you, too. Place your holiday order now by calling Creamy Creations at 375-2388. 375-2388. Or send them a message on Facebook. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, on Friday night at the Target Center, it was the Wolves and Clippers meeting up for the second time in three days. Wolves trying to avenge an 11-point loss that saw the Clippers' offense catch fire in the second half. It was Minnesota in the first half of Friday's matchup that controlled things, leading by as many as 20 and then a 10-point lead at the halftime break. But the problem was, for the second straight game, the Clippers had the upper hand in the final two quarters. L.A. leaning on their defense a bit more this time around. They took a three-point lead into the fourth quarter, extended it as large as 21, never looking back from there, securing the two-game sweep, Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards. The key was, man, we came out third quarter flat once again. Like, I mean, we just we struggling right now, man. It's it's tough because we struggling. Like, we playing good sometimes. We have spurts of playing good, and we just play bad, and then it, we don't pick it up. So, I mean, it's tough. Wolves right back in action tonight, visiting the Grizzlies. Our coverage begins at six thirty on the Timberwolves radio network. Detroit Lakes weather. Here's your KDLM weatherology forecast. For today, partly to mostly cloudy skies with high temperatures in the upper 40s to near 50. Then for tonight, partly cloudy will drop back to a low of 32. For Tuesday, a good deal of sunshine with lower 50s for highs. And then rain developing on Wednesday, becoming likely, especially into the afternoon, mid-40s. A mixture of rain and snow on Thursday, 39. That's your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. This is Wild Captain Jared Spurgeon. The station you can count on for wild hockey is KDLM Detroit Lakes. A scramble for it. The Wild emerge. Beckman twisting one of the point. Across the blue line, Goligoski flexed it to Hartman. Right wing side. Got a hustle here with a shot. It was blocked. Seven seconds left. Bouncing puck back of the cage. It's still loose. Digging it free, it's Dumba in tight with the shot, rebound, but they score! They score! Ryan Hartman has tied the game with just over a second to go here in the third! (laughs) That was a seed on Saturday night in Pittsburgh, Wild tying the game late. We're joined now by uh, Zeke Boyat from Sound the Foghorn Podcast to break down all things Minnesota Wild for at least the last three games. Zeke, the the Wild have some some huge comebacks these last three. They're the... they're they're down late and they, and they find a way to put goals in the back of the net. Yeah, no, that uh, obviously that the clip was just played, like you mentioned, Pittsburgh was uh, you know probably the 
one of the, if not the, you know, the most, uh, I guess, shocking comeback probably this year, just, you know, cause the fact, I mean, that they pulled the goalie there with like, you know, three, four minutes left down yeah. by two. And, you know, I mean, even, even when teams will pull the goalie the last few minutes down by one, it's still pretty rare that they, you know, actually would tie it. And the fact that, you know, they pulled the pulled them pulled Talbot twice and then scored two goals off that. You know, is is pretty rare and pretty amazing. And uh, obviously, you know, they, they, up until that point, to be honest, I think, you know, they had not played very well in that game. They were kind of fumbling pucks all over their defensive zone, just not really connecting on passes very well. And you know, they just kind of like you mentioned, they tied it late and found a way to come out and steal two points on the road somehow. So. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a great comeback, and, and you know, like I said, even though they didn't probably deserve to win that game, it's <laughs> you know that's the difference between uh, you know the, the team this year and last year, and between you know kind of what they did in the past, where you know they never would have made that comeback three years ago, and you know now they're winning even games that they shouldn't. So yeah, no, it's always great to to, to get two points on the road like that. Speaking of games that the Wild won that they probably shouldn't have, let's go back to last Tuesday night. Uh, Ottawa at home. Wild have a three to one lead at the end of the first period. Two quick goals, I believe it was uh, it was Felino and uh, and Addison with like twenty two seconds apart or something like that. And then second period, the wheels just fall off. Ottawa ties the the game at four to four. We go to extras, and then Kirill Kaprizov getting his first goal of the year in in on the three on three overtime. What happened in that in that second period against Ottawa? last week and how have the wild uh built back from that well i think you know i it is kind of weird because like you mentioned they played uh, it was three one but they dominated that uh that first period really were the better team by quite margin and you know ottawa has been pretty bad the last you know three four years but they have a bunch of young pieces that have been developing really nicely and you know they're not as much of a pushover as they used to be and, and, although they probably still won't be you know a great team for two or three four more years but you know and, and especially them coming in not playing a game the night before it was kind of weird especially that the wild kind of still flat in the second period but I think, you know, that obviously the, the Ottawa, they scored the one goal in the wild challenge because they thought it was a high stick before the, the play happened. But, you know, in the replay, you can see it was pretty obvious it wasn't a high stick. And then, you know, obviously with the rules in the NHL, if you challenge and you're wrong, you know, you send, you get a delay game penalty. And then they, you know, they came back and tied it to just a few seconds into that power play, which uh, I think in that game, and as we've seen uh, in general this season, their penalty kill has just not been very strong in Ottawa kind of, you know, had their way and just was really great that, uh, you know, that first 10 minutes. But I, w- I would say, you know, obviously then uh, after they went down 4-3, Mark Salino uh, tied it up just a couple minutes after that. So mm-hmm. it didn't last long, but I just think uh, it just seemed like just kind of a, you know, just a little bit of a mental lapse, kind of they just maybe sat back for a few minutes there and the other team took advantage. Yeah, then Kaprizov getting his first goal of the season in overtime in that one with with uh, Freddie Gaudreau coming to the bench quick. Kaprizov jumps uh, into the in, on the ice, scores the the game with the assist from uh, from uh, Fiala, I believe it was, and Wild win that one. And then right away uh, in that in that that Pittsburgh bang uh, Pittsburgh game, uh, we get another goal from from ninety seven. Two goals in his last three games. Yeah, no, he's uh, definitely been playing better. Still, you know, not seeing him play uh, even the last three games exactly kind of what we saw last year but uh, the encouraging thing is it's been you know kind of getting better every game he's kind of you know like you said that goal in Pittsburgh wasn't the most pretty it was just kind of a tap and empty net but you know he's starting to be 
where the first like seven or eight games he was kind of skating or staying on the perimeter. That's where he's getting a lot of his shots. He's, you know, being right around the net, you know, getting chances from, you know, where you're going to score, which is encouraging to see. And I also thought um, in, in last night's game against the Islanders that, you know, even though his line with Zuccarello and Gaudreau didn't, didn't score, I thought he was, with the return of Zuccarello to his line, I thought he was seemed like he was skating a lot better, uh, and like usual, was making a lot of passing plays. So, and, and he's also shooting the puck, uh, you know, probably the last seven games, four or five, six times a game. So, it, it, you know, I think he's been playing better, and I have to think if he just keeps shooting the puck like that, and uh, you know, getting getting the chances that it's just a matter of time again before he's just going to score a bunch more. Because obviously, we know how good he is. Talking to Zeke Boyat from the Sound of the Foghorn podcast. Uh, while I do get a couple guys back from, from injury and COVID stuff over the last couple games, uh, Matt Zuccarello, you mentioned one of them right there. Also, Alex Goligoski. What are the impact of getting those two guys back on the ice for the Minnesota Wild? Well, I mean, like I said, like I mentioned with Zuccarello, I just think obviously he's you know kind of technically the, the top line right wing. Uh, you know, not a, much of a shooter, but he's a really gifted playmaker. You know, not very big, but he, he can make a lot of great plays. He, you know, he's obviously has that chemistry with Kaprizov and and is on the I think on the top power play unit too. So, so you know, obviously they missed uh, missed his presence. And uh, uh, but you know, obviously the good thing was that the, the team depth kind of helped cover up uh, for his kind of lost for like the last you know five six games in the COVID protocols but but he is a you know, playmaking and you know kind of offensibility is obviously you know very much welcome back and I think with Golgoski he's been had a you know last night wasn't his greatest game and he's had a couple games where you know he's they've been a little rough but I think overall he's fit uh, pretty well in that top pair with, with Spurgeon and I think uh, ever since he's returned these last you know three games that He's or maybe two games. I can't exactly remember. I think he's been he's been mostly good. He's you know he's not very big, but he does a pretty good job, like Spurgeon, of being able to defend uh, even with his smaller size. And he's also a good puck mover and kind of more of an offensive defenseman. So yeah, no, I think uh, just obviously just for him getting you, you know especially this team, it's uh, you know they never want to be missing one of their top four D for very long. And it's just uh, obviously it's great to have him back here pretty quick. Cam Tubble gets the night off uh, from between the posts last night on the second of a back-to-back. Kapokakinen gets his second start of the year, gives up two goals, and then his teammates uh, pick him up in the in the third period. Four unanswered goals by the Wild in period four as Capo picks up his first win of the season in net. What were your thoughts on Kapokakinen last night? Yeah, I, th- I thought, obviously, you know, after his first game in Nash- against Nashville, which, I mean, the whole team didn't play great, but he, you know, wasn't very good getting up five goals. It was, you know, it was a good bounce-back game. I didn't I didn't think he was spectacular, but in part, in part because, you know, he didn't need to be, because especially in that first period, it seemed like the team was doing a really good job of, of defending and not allowing the Islanders, you know, many kind of high-quality chances uh, kind of from the middle of the ice there. And I thought, you know, when he did, Obviously, you know, he gave up two goals, but I mean, the first one is kind of a rebound that got blocked kind of right in the slot that just happened to fall right onto Andrews Lee's stick, you know, to, to pick the corner. And then the, the second one, too, was a two-on-one, a great pass by Barzell to Lee, kind of no chance to stop that one. So I thought, you know, when he was, when he was, uh, when he was needed to be good, he was good. When he needed to make the save, he made the save. And, uh, you know, that's just, you know, that's kind of, especially the Wild, that's all you really kind of can hope for out of your goaltender, especially your backup, is that they're just good enough to, you know, give you a chance to win. And obviously, uh, you know, the, the team kind of 
doesn't seem to trust him as much, but hopefully, uh, you know, with that game and, and it's seemingly likely that he'll get the start in Arizona on Wednesday, that uh, he, you know, starts to gain that trust back and hopefully uh, he can start to play in a few more games to kind of just, uh, you know, lighten the load on Talbot and just, you know, keep it uh, more of a tandem. Five goals for the Wild last night. Brodeen and Bukestad, after scoring the uh, the shootout winner against uh, Pittsburgh, he scores again last night. Harkman also uh, two goals in those last two games. He had the equalizer against Pittsburgh, uh, Matt Dumba. And then uh, Brandon Duhame, the rookie, uh, another goal last night, two points for number 21, a guy who a lot of people really didn't see making the uh, the final roster out of training camp, and he's definitely leaving his, uh, his, his imprint on this team in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, no, he's, he's been really good, and you know, uh, like like you mentioned, not many people, not many fans, really, you know, thought much of him. He was, you know, decent in college. He seemed like a decent player, and then, you know, I mean, obviously, just a couple years in the AHL, but he didn't score too much. And he had like 39 points, I think, 87 AHL games. So, you know, didn't really know what to expect there. But I think the first sign was uh, this summer when they gave him an extension. They gave him a two-year deal with uh, the second year being a one-way deal, meaning that he'd get his full. NHL salary, whether he's in the in the NHL or in the minors, so that you know maybe the first sign that they really thought he was on the verge of being in the NHL. But you know, like you mentioned, that even if he was in the NHL, a lot of us thought he would just be just a fourth liner, you know, muck it up, grind it up in the corners, you know, be a good responsible defensive forward. But you know, and while he's done all those things, I think the things that stand out with him are just uh, you know how fast he is. He's a great skater. You know, obviously it's a little bit more straight line. Kind of like Nico Stern, but he, but he moves really well. You know, he's in hard on the forecheck and on the back check, and, and as we saw last night with that that nice shot on that goal, and a few other plays, he does have maybe a little bit more offense in him too. So yeah, no, he's been, you know, for I think a fourth round pick five years ago, 24 years old. The, the fact that he stepped in uh, to the lineup like this and, and formed on the fourth, third and fourth lines and played really good is, is a great sign. Couple of games coming up this week. Uh, of course, uh, always a fun one later this week with the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. But Wednesday night, nine o'clock in Arizona. What are the keys to the game to beating the Coyotes? Well, I mean, you know, the Coyotes. I think coming into this year, over the summer, I, you know, if you go on their cap friendly page, you'll see they got like five or six second round picks this year, like three in the first, and they they kind of took an approach of you know taking on bad contracts for draft picks and, and kind of you know, seemingly wanting to just tank this year. And obviously, you know, to start the year, they are, I believe mm-hmm. it, they are 1-10-1 to start the year. They finally won. They started 0-10-1. They finally won their first game a couple yeah. nights ago. Yeah, against one, one game winning streak, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they finally got, uh, and they beat Seattle crack. And so, um, you know, there's some beast players, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, uh, Phil Kessel, who's old, but still has some, some stuff left, but I don't know. Like, like, like I said, I think you know, obviously they're just not a very great team, and I think if you know if the Wild go in like they played here against the Islanders and it's just that consistent attack from all four lines uh, with that depth, I think if they just you know just they just keep on the pedal, keep, keep the foot on the pedal, and uh, it, it shouldn't. I mean, you know, it's the NHL. You know, it's a little different from other sports where you know any team can win any game in the regular season, especially, but. I just think if they they come in there focused, ready to go, and if just play a full sixty minutes, it, they should be able to get a win. We'll have that game on Wednesday night here on KDLM eight forty five pregame show nine o'clock puck drop from the desert wild versus the Arizona Coyotes. The first place Minnesota Wild with six points in their last three games. 
They're up to 16 points now, one point ahead of the St. Louis Blues. The Arizona Coyotes, last place in the Central Division with a whopping three points. Zeke Boyad from Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Man, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll chat again soon, and as always, go wild. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude. All right, thanks again to Zeke Boyan from the Sound the Foghorn podcast for being my guest on the Sports Wrap today. If you missed any of that interview, you want to go back and re-listen to it, you can do so momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, including the Sound the Foghorn podcast full of great Minnesota Wild content. Can't wait moment. Well, we got Monday Night Football on KDLM tonight. You got the Chicago Bears, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers, you've got Gopher Hockey Hockey Weekly at 6 o'clock tonight. Gopher is splitting with the Wisconsin Badgers over the weekend. And looking ahead to this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, state high school football and volleyball. Monoman Wabin, they play on Thursday at 7 o'clock. Barnesville, they play on Thursday at Alexandria High School at 7 o'clock. You've got Dilworth Good and Felton playing Thursday, uh, excuse me, Saturday in Buffalo. Against Annandale, you've got New York Mills playing Friday in Brainerd at 7 o'clock. That game will be on our sister station, Lakes 99.5. You also have state volleyball going on as well. Class 2A, uh, the Holly Nuggets, their first ever trip to state. They play at the Excel Energy Center at 11 o'clock on Thursday, Court 1, 102.3. David Kidman brings the pregame show at 1045, as well as the entire Holly Nuggets run at the State Volleyball Tournament. You can find more details online at kdlmradio.com. That's right for the Sports Wrap. Back tomorrow, 9.30. Stay so you can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. My guest tomorrow will be Kevin Payne from Rotowire and rotowire.com to go through all of your fantasy football questions. You're in tune to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, way past our time. Quick CBS News break, then Classic gets roll on KDLM.